As you're growing up and, and young children or children enter adolescence and then the teenage year and they begin to reject their parents, their parents' advice and begin to think that they're not very wise individuals. And then as time goes on, we find out that they really kind of did have things together. We go to them to ask them for advice and towards the end of our life, we look back and we figure their impression on our lives was so strong that the reality is that our our destiny, where we are now in our older age, was shaped by our parents. That's, 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 a, that's an awesome responsibility, isn't it? For us that call ourselves mom, or, or for those of you that call yourselves mom, or those of us that call ourselves dad, it's an awesome responsibility to think that, that that's the kind of lasting influence that we're going to have on our, on our children. Let me just say this before I go on. For every one of you that have children that are not present here today, and they're alive, or you have children that are lost, or they're just not serving the Lord, or maybe they're just disconnected from the family because of whatever circumstance, right? I want to tell you this, that your love and your teachings and your patience and everything that you did for them, still with them. And it doesn't matter how far away from home they may be and how far away they are from the way of life that you taught them, your lessons and your teaching and your faith and your love is still impressed upon their hearts. And that's something that that should give us all great hope for the future, for the future of our children. In fact, it's, it's something that's absolutely true that God's hand is upon the children of those that have been taught the ways of the Lord for the rest of their lives, waiting for the moment when God in his spirit and the word of God will take advantage of whatever circumstance that they find themselves in to bring them back into the ways of the Lord. So be of good cheer, mom. You did your job, and God is still dealing with the heart of your child. We thank God for that. Now, with that reality in mind, I think that it's that Paul then looks at Timothy and tells Timothy what he tells him in these verses that we've just got done reading. Paul, an apostle of the Lord, Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promises of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son. Here's a young man that, um, that had a spiritual father. His spiritual father was Timothy. And he had a Greek physical father that was his, his father. And then there was a grandmother and there was a mother. And every one of these individuals had impressed something upon the life of this, of this young, young man that is the pastor of the church of Ephesus, history tells us. Paul was a man that loved dearly, as we read in the scriptures here, loved Timothy tremendously. In fact, the Bible tells us that Timothy had served with Paul during his second missionary journey. They were very close ministry partners. He then writes Timothy this letter that is probably his last epistle. The last letter that he ever wrote that is written in the, in the, in the New Testament is this, this epistle. That was written to his son, his spiritual son, the one that he brought into the ways of the Lord. The time that he's writing this epistle is not a good time. The Christians are suffering under the persecution of Emperor Nero, and it's a very challenging and very difficult time, very difficult time to be a pastor. When the Bible says that in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, 
that he that desireth to be a good a, a bishop desireth the good thing. Well, obviously, that is true. But in that day, the con- in the context of persecution, in the context of Christians offering up their lives to the Lord, having to suffer mar- uh, being martyrs for the Lord, giving up their own lives, that desire wasn't going to be born in the heart of a young man that had some sort of ambition for power or for position or influence. The men that desired the ministry were men that were called literally to suffer because if you wanted to stop a movement, the way that you stop it is you take out their leaders and if you can kill the leaders and the generals and the political leaders and it just brings chaos into society, then that's probably the best way to destroy and to defeat your enemies. So to become a deacon or to become a minister was to make yourself a target for the attacks of, of, uh, of the Roman government that at that time was persecuting Christians tremendously. So they say, a tradition tells us that Timothy stayed a single man all of his life and uh, that at the age of 80, more or less, he was martyred by the pagans or people that just didn't believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, That's Timothy's life in a brief resume. But here's the other reality, that this young man who who was a a great pastor in the New Testament, was a young man that had a solid relationship with a solid family uh, in his grandmother and in his mother, Eunice and Lois, two women that absolutely feared the Lord.